0: Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks. Your favorite teams, their dumb opinions, and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: What's up and welcome in to the 312, Chicago's best sports talk by the fans for the fans. Coming to you live from AM 1590 WCGO on Saturday, October 20th. I'm your host, Matt Peck. My co-host, Sean Sears, to my right. What's up, Sean boy?
2: Oh, hey. How's it going, bud? It's
1: great, man. Mr. TV guy over here. Hey, (laughs) I'm also Mr. Radio guy when I want to be.
2: Gosh, man. Just a renaissance man (laughs) over here in sports media.
1: You know, you know. Little of this, little of that. Yeah. Uh, And our producer, Ben, in the booth. What's up, Ben? Happy Saturday.
0: Happy Saturday, boys. Thanks so much for uh, allowing me to spend some time with you.
1: Oh, hey. You know, we get sick of Randall every once in a while. Yeah, gosh. (laughs) Got to keep things fresh (laughs) up in here. Uh, a big weekend ahead. Uh, we got Bulls tonight. We got Blackhawks tonight. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Bears, Pats tomorrow. Soldier Field. Bears undefeated at home. Pats winless on the road. Can mm-hmm. okay, the Bears keep that going? Uh, this is probably the last time we'll see Tom Brady playing at Soldier Field. Realistically, unless, yeah. Unless the dude's playing at 49. like
2: Yeah, no way. Yeah, this is probably the one. Uh, the one last time. Cause, I mean, when was the last time he was there? Like Urlacher was playing the last time he oh, came yeah. to Soldier Field. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, eons ago. Mm. Um, so you know, can Khalil Mack and this Bears defense give him a not so pleasant farewell?
2: I hope so. He's <laughs> playing at least. That's a good. That's a plus. Right?
1: How effective can he be playing yeah. on that bum ankle that he hurt in last week's game against the Dolphins? Uh, And, hey, can Mitch have another solid game, but maybe without the mistakes this time?
2: I mean, if only, right? I've heard he is going to wear the arm sleeve again, so, you know, jury's still out whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing. because
1: that matters.
2: Uh, You don't know, man.
1: (laughs) As I mentioned, so the Bulls in action tonight. Their home opener against the Central Division rival Detroit Pistons, who got a win against Brooklyn earlier this week. Tip-off at 7 p.m. The Bulls got trounced by the process in Philly on Thursday. We'll talk about that uh, and what to expect for tonight's game. Uh, and then uh, to wrap up the show as we near the three o'clock hour, we'll touch on the Blackhawks. We got Corey Crawford back between the pipes on Thursday, but still lost the Arizona Coyotes four to one. I believe Crawford was 27 saves on 30 shots Um Can they bounce back tonight against the Blue Jackets? Puck drop there for 6 p.m. Central Time in Columbus. Just a reminder, you can listen to the 312 live at 1590wcgo.com, as well as the TuneIn app and the Smart Talk app. You can also listen and watch the 312's live video feed from the studio on Facebook at facebook.com slash 1590wcgo. What's up, Facebook? Uh, You can follow WCGO on Twitter, at 1590WCGO. We're at 312Pod. He's at Sean R. Sears, and I'm at Bulls underscore Peck.
2: As I punch the mic, I apologize, listeners.
1: Hey, (laughs) we're going to get a little little boxing action in today's show as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man, we're getting aggressive over here, man.
1: Uh, All right, so let's dive into this Bears-Pats matchup that we got on deck. Noon kickoff at Soldier Field tomorrow. Yeah. I think a forecast, as of the, when I looked this morning, is like a, like a high of 50, Yeah. partly sunny, partly... I mean, if it were today's weather,
2: yeah, that,
1: I, I mean, rough, but it, like, it makes me feel like Chicago football weather is here. Yeah. Just looking outside right now, I, we actually drove through a, a very mild it like snowstorm. Hailing. It was like hail, sleet snow yeah. on the way here to the studio today. Which makes me think of Bears football, you
0: know?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. It, Patriots are such a weird team because they, they seem to be able to change their like game plan or the way they attack teams week to week. Mm-hmm. Makes it tough for them to game plan as well. But I, I I don't know. You would feel like in the elements here that Bears, at least at home, would probably have some type of advantage.
1: You would hope so. And uh, especially, you know, can they get to Brady early?
2: Yeah. Because we
1: saw zero successful pass rush last week. Yeah, it was bad. Like, like how do you not get to Brock Osweiler Who's playing behind a banged up Miami Dolphins offensive right. line. Right. The
2: entire right side of that offensive line was like not in position. It's nuts. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, I was sitting there saying like, how the heck zero, zero sacks.
2: Yeah.
0: And it,
1: not only zero sacks, it looked like it, like they barely even hurried him or made him uncomfortable at any point in that game. No. So can they get back on track? This bears front seven. Uh, what kind of, you know, uh, efficiency can we see from Khalil Mack? Who's play in but not 100%. Mm-hmm. Can they make Tom Brady uncomfortable because Brady playing on the road in outdoor conditions if you get to him early like he is a guy that can be rattled. Yeah. He, you know, mo- most people look at Brady as the goat, the most, uh, you know, unbotherable, unaffable QB there is. Mm-hmm. But when the Patriots lose, a big factor is always the the opposing team's pass rush gets to Brady early and gets him uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, the big news the is Bears' le-
1: the front seven is good enough to do that. It's just will yeah. they
2: or won't they? Well, it's crazy. Like we talked with like Akeem Hicks last week. One somehow defensive player of the week. It was one of the guys that was you know mentioned for it or whatever. Or I think he was a high one of the. He was definitely the highest rated Bear according to Pro Football Focus at like ninety point four. But you didn't think. I mean, like he made an impact on the defense to an extent, but like. Beyond that, I mean, clearly Cleo Mack hurt. We didn't see a pass rush from Leonard Floyd. The good news is for the Bears, at least, the Peck or the Patriots are kind of susceptible to turnovers this year. They're ranked twenty first right now. Uh Brady's got ten interceptions. He's been sacked eight times this year. Not a ton through six games here, but I mean, still it looks like when the Patriots do can or can get rattled at least, they're gonna make right. mistakes. So the Bears have shown they can create plenty of turnovers. It's just what they're going to do with it afterwards. We saw last week the Bears scored, was it, 14 straight points off two turnovers? Yeah, so
1: quick, like uh-huh. that. You know, defense comes up with a turn. I think it was one of Fuller's two interceptions yeah. on the day. And then, like, boom, next next play, Mitch hits Allen Robinson, touchdown Bears, off we go. Right. Um, I mean, I, I'm thinking back to that Dolphins game, and I'm terrified about what strategically Brady and Belichick are going to do. Because, sure. you know, there is no better – coach quarterback combination as far as preparing for each opponent mm-hmm. week by week. They are the best. They are the class of the league. And we saw the bears defense get lit up by just little dump off passes and bubble screens and all these things, you know, quick, right. like, like, you know, they, the, the, dolphins didn't ask Brock Osweiler to make a bunch of 30 and 40 yard you know passes because nah. that would not have gone well for them, No, but the bears defense got lit up by Brock Osweiler getting the ball out of his hands quickly yeah. to his fastest guys. So I'm sitting here looking at this Patriots roster and saying, I am terrified of not only James white tomorrow, but Julian Edelman tomorrow, just like Brady, I think is going to try and dink and dunk this bears team. Yeah. Like he does have his deep threat, and his strong, like, WR1 now with Josh Gordon yeah. getting back into the you fold. You can go up and get it
2: for sure. Right.
1: But, like, to me, I'm, I'm not as scared of Josh Gordon as I am of James White in this game.
2: No, I'm, I'm not either. Because we, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago where we were kind of nervous. You and Randall were nervous about the Bears' coverage and, and linebackers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, you've got guys – that excellent pass rushers in Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. And Leonard Floyd's probably a plus, actually, in the pa- er, pass protection – or not protection, excuse me, defending the pass a little bit. Right. But you talk about Trevathan and Roquan, not necessarily big guys, can cover a decent amount of time. But think about those guys. Like, think of Trevathan against, against like, uh, Gronk. After you've dumped these side passes, you're right. going to have these linebackers coming in, space over the middle. So that's really what you have to worry about. But, yeah, like you said, I mean – The coverage has to be solid against these screen passes. You have to get there and gang tackle. The big plus for the Bears, they're not playing in Miami. Um, Reportedly, Bobby Massey lost 15 pounds. What just during the game? That right tackle from the start of the game to the when they got out of the locker room to leave How's, that game how is that lost fifteen pounds. How's
1: that even possible? Is he fighting
0: Conor McGregor later? Yeah, <laughs>
2: right. Lost a ton of water weight, but yeah, I guess I mean it, the elements definitely bothered, bothered the Bears whether they want to admit it or not in South Beach.
1: Yeah, well, I, and you know we heard on field temp was like hundred degrees. Yeah, it's Won't be the same tomorrow at Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we gonna take our first break here on the Three One Two. When we come back, more Bears Pats preview talk. You're listening to AM fifty ninety WCGO. We're the Three One Two. More Chicago sports right after this.
0: Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, your favorite teams, their dumb opinions, and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: What's up and welcome back in. Matt Peck and Sean Sears hanging out with you on Saturday afternoon here at AM 5090 WCGO. We are the 312 breaking down Bears Pats at Soldier Field noon kickoff tomorrow. Bears trying to get back in the win column and knock off one of the toughest teams in the NFL. Uh, Bears are still very much in this division race. Like Oh yeah. Um, we thought for a second that the bears were going to be four and one, and then we thought they were going to be four, one and one, and then four (laughs) and two, like that dolphins game last week was nuts. And it very much so played with my emotions. Um, are, are are you like ready for this game tomorrow, Sean? Like it it (sighs) took me multiple days through this week to get over that loss to the dolphins.
2: So like I was telling you, um, before that bears game, um, I had a dvr and so I was like, you know, watching the game, maybe two hours tape delayed. Yeah. And as I was getting ready to watch the first quarter, the first quarter was ending... I turned off all my notifications. Got that notification that the Bears lost in overtime. Yeah. So I knew, like, going into that game, I was like, "Well, they lose somehow." But it was seven to nothing Dolphins at that point. I was like, "How
1: did they score twenty eight points? How did both teams finish with thirty plus?" Yeah,
2: I was like, "What the heck happened?" So like, I was watching, and I I had a different perspective on it. So I like had come to terms by like halftime that the Bears were losing this game. They were going to find a way to cough it up. It was just a matter of how. I came from more optimistic. Perspective, and honestly, I liked what I saw. And that second half was impressive. I mean, the Bears scored twenty eight points in the halftime, yeah. second half,
1: and, and especially when Miami came back and tied at 21, Right, it's like you know, I think it was somewhere around six or seven minutes left. Yeah, in it was the about seven quarter. and a half. Yeah, and you are saying, okay, Mitch, mm-hmm. this is a game where maybe the offense actually has to bail out the defense. Right, something that Matt Nagy said a couple of weeks back when the Bears, you know, scraped by and got that win in Arizona or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and the offense didn't do anything. And Mitch responded and rose to the occasion and had an amazing touchdown drive. Yeah. Hits Taylor Gabriel on a beautiful route right between the numbers. Boom. Bears touchdown. Hits up... our
2: boy. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Miller. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: oh, I, you know, and it's like he was – he was making the right throws and making big plays in a big moment of the fourth quarter, a yeah. hugely important fourth quarter drive. And he, he, he rose to the occasion. And he put up another seven points. Unfortunately, the Bears just gave it right back.
2: Like literally instantly
1: (laughs) the bears had that lead for about 32
2: seconds. Yeah. It was pretty fun. That 32 seconds. But I
1: like, as you said, like, it was nice to see Mitch, who we have still so many questions and concerns about whether or not he can be the guy in our franchise quarterback for the next decade, making big plays late in the game. Like he also made some mistakes. His, 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 uh, INT in the end zone where he was trying to throw into double coverage, unacceptable, terrible throw. Probably one of his worst decisions he's made so far this season, and he also missed a couple of guys on some open throws. But I'm taking the good more so than the bad from Mitch in that game, and you hope that he can keep that going tonight uh, tomorrow. Yeah, because
2: like the Patriots' defense is beatable. Like the Patriots' Definitely. defense is not great. It's not good. It's and it's it's very disappointing this year. You
1: wonder what kind of game script and strategy that uh, Matt Nagy's going to go with tomorrow. A lot of people in Chicago right now are talking about, like, dude, what's up with Jordan Howard? Tariq Mm -hmm. Cohen is Matt Nagy's favorite human being in the world. And, oh, my God, Tariq's usage and effectiveness over their last few games off the charts. Mm -hmm. The the guy's amazing. And Jordan Howard is sitting here, and a lot of Bears fans are saying, like, dude, you got a a Thunder and Lightning duo, but you're not using the Thunder part. Jordan Howard had a bad fumble at the goal line in a really inopportune time last week. You wonder if Nagy tries to get him going early, uh, or if he just says, you know what, we're just going to do a shootout with Tom Brady, and we'll try and score more points this time.
2: Uh, so, exactly. I think I think the two biggest things that really have to happen for this Bears game is, uh, first off, uh, they've got to execute in the red zone. They've been relatively well there, but two turnovers in the red zone, unacceptable. Yeah. Turnovers Should in general, have you
1: can't have. At least 14 more points in that
2: game. Right, exactly. I mean, that, that touchdown they took away from Burton, you know, we talked about it last week. Kind of tic-tac-y, bad call, but... Yeah. Um, but you can't
1: go away and th- go and throw a pick on the very next play. Right,
2: exactly. First and fifteen, you have to know, you know, a first and goal at the mm-hmm. fifteen. Like you got to know, toss the ball away. You literally have the ends on there. Throw it through it. Yeah, you know. So I mean, you just have to have that awareness, Mitch. I think that's a big learning experience. The other thing too is linebackers against the Patriots offense have done relatively well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, the gradings have been done. About average, like 53 points, something or whatever. So it's pretty solid for that one player. So, I mean, like, they've been able to do well there, take advantage of that middle. If we can, if the Bears can trap the Patriots to staying outside and come up and make the tackles like we've seen them prior to last week, right? The Bears should be okay and be able to contain this offense. It's the middle of the field that scares me because they know they've got Gronk. This seems like a game where Gronk should definitely be utilized because the Bears have at least the ability to contain the outsides with the, how great their safety play right. has been. Um, but
1: they are vulnerable to the tight end position.
2: Right, and I'm scared and, for and that. And Bronk
1: had a really quiet game last week. Yeah, he hasn't, recall, had, so. he hasn't had he
2: hasn't a big game really this year at no. all. So, this feels like one of those opportunities. I also feel like, I mean, the, the number one thing that has to happen is you got to put pressure on Tom Brady. His right. QBR rating I think drops down to like 87%, still really good. Right, but, but So much, yeah, <laughs> so much more reasonable than like, I think he's completed like 21 of 24 passes right. um, when he's not on pressure and throwing three touchdowns and it's just like you have to keep him off balance and if the Bears can do that awesome if they can't there's going to be an issue but the thing that has to happen this week someone besides Khalil Mack has to step up on that front seven yeah
1: somebody's got to make a play somebody's got to make Tom Brady uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you give Brady time you're toast
2: yeah then that's that's really what it comes down to because I think the Bears can probably get they you will know, we'll probably be okay, I would say, defense or offensively, at least because right. I don't think this Patriots defense is anything to worry about. I think they'll be able to run the clock. The issue is with the Patriots, is just as much as the Bears want to control the time of possession, they could do the exact same thing. Right. So it very well could be like a lot of people are predicting like 31, 27, 28, 21 type of stuff. It very right. well could be like 14 17. Yeah, if could. these two teams play conservative. So
1: it could. Um and I mean you mentioned how important it is to get to Brady. And mm-hmm. somebody other than Khalil Mack, please step up. You know, hopefully we get a big game yeah, out Patriots of somebody. Leonard like Floyd Floyd yeah Hello. or you know the Ricky Roquan Smith who's had a couple of nice plays here and there yeah. but has never really had like a statement game nah. Where like complete game you look at that game that Roquan Smith said uh, played and said wow that's a heck of a game so, for Roquan." and I,
2: I thought honestly at the beginning of that Miami game felt like there was because he had a couple really good plays he almost had a pick he, mm-hmm. he picked up a running back really quick off on a slant you know on a swing play and just crushed him but then he like misstepped on one play and like smacked the crap out of Kyle Fuller at the goal line on yeah. <laughs> that other play. And just like he just, he could see like the mental toughness and just being able to fight the elements like wasn't going well for the Bears team. Right. So.
1: And uh, the Bears might be without once again one of their stud corners, Prince of Mukamara, yeah. who came back and played in that Miami game but left because he re aggravated that hamstring that's been bothering him all season. Yeah. So if you don't have Prince of Mookamara, you're looking at Bryce Callahan shifting over, yeah. and taking on a larger responsibility, Kevin and well. then the rookie Kevin Tolliver uh, being asked to play some uh, a significant amount of snaps. Which,
2: and- I, I, I wasn't disappointed with him in the, did he play week three? Yeah. Yeah. Then Which it, you know, not he's not terrible for an undrafted rookie. The thing, like you haven't seen anything from him really, and that's right. a good thing for a rookie. But like you know, for a Bears defense that's expecting their corners and de- you know secondary players to make a play on the ball, right? I haven't but seen too many of those. It's
1: it's just a dangerous, flirt- flirtatious game that the Bears defense would be playing right. with guys like that in their secondary, as opposed to Amukamara being in there. Well, and then you also got to
2: think who's throwing the ball, right? <laughs> to, to give Brady time. Yeah. If
1: you give Brady time against a beat up secondary and the mm-hmm. the front seven can't get to him and he, you give him all day, his receivers will get open, whether it's Gronk, whether it's Josh Gordon, whether it's Edelman doing his Chris Hogan, whoever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like he has people have been talking all season about like, Oh, like Brady's got no one to throw to this Patriots wide receiver core is so depleted. Well, okay. Fast forward to week seven, he gets Edelman back from suspension. They added Josh Gordon. Like he, the dude has plenty of weapons to throw to, and he's Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, if the Bears give him time, they will. He will make them pay.
2: The other thing we have to kind of worry about too is, as I'm just re- realizing this, the Patriots defense, while not very good in a lot of stats, do are a top six team in turnovers. They've created twelve of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows what those are all based? It looks like they have eight interceptions this year, which is impressive. Um, Mitch has to be careful because at least he, 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 these may not be true cover guys but they might be you know they've got they're talented yeah. they're athletes i mean dev mccourty's great right you know?
1: and whereas last week the bears could have won that game against the dolphins um even if they had say lost the turnover battle right because you know uh the dolphins um you know Kenyon drake had that fumble but jordan howard had a fumble mitch threw a pick did he have two picks or one just the one he right? had the one pick uh but like The Dolphins are a team that you can beat while losing the turnover battle. If the Bears lose the turnover battle to the Patriots
2: tomorrow, no chance they win. Yeah, there's two discipline. You really, and and you know Tom Brady and Belichick will be like, we need points 100% off this turnover. It's because it's just like a, you know, it's a change of momentum.
1: And, you know, Belichick and Brady do not lose games that they should win. Yeah. Uh, As the rarest of occasions when you look at a game and say, wow, I can't believe the Patriots coughed that up. Yeah. They just
2: don't do that. Exactly. Tom Brady's not going to lose you a game.
1: Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and you know Belichick is not looking past these Bears. No, but, um, uh, his uh, one of his podium press conferences earlier this week was this. This looks to me like a five and zero team. You know, which is like, oh, thanks for the compliment, Belichick. He's thanks really for also good at... reminding me bitterly that the yeah. Bears lost two games they should have won, and we should be five and zero.
2: He's also really good at giving teams lip service. Oh I, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good at it. But uh, except his own. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to give them the 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 benefit of the doubt here i don't know i'm i they're just such a weird team because i mean you look at like what they've done like rushing and receiving like Sonny michelle came yeah. out of nowhere these last couple weeks and looks like a stud now Yeah. um passing wise like i forgot they have like cordell patterson who's like surprisingly had an okay season so far 11 receptions he's not necessarily been fantastic but he's got a bunch of targets i don't know like it's Philip Dorset at times can look like a stud in this offense, and other times he right. just looks like a useless Which is like, guy. Yeah, like
1: in Indy, he
2: was like – Nothing. Yeah. Super fast but couldn't catch the ball. Nine so, I mean, they, It's so weird because they could just come at you with different looks, and they could change it completely at halftime. So the Bears just – the way they control this game is yeah. 100% getting pressure on Tom Brady. Right. And, def, you know, offensively, you've got to make sure you're not making turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know. And,
1: uh, you know, speaking of the Patriots being a team that make adjustments in game and them being one of the best teams in the league at that, mm-hmm. you mentioned how you liked the response from Mitch Trubisky late in the game last week when he needed to step up and make a big play. Also, you got like Matt Nagy made some questionable coaching decisions in that game, but you also saw the Bears come out at halftime after a woeful first Massive half. Massive adjustments. Huge adjustments. And boom, just like that. 21, right. 21 points. Well. So depending on how the first half of this game tomorrow goes, can, can we see Matt Nagy make better adjustments than Bill Belichick, whether the bears are leading and coming into the second half, protecting a lead or playing from behind, which coach will make the better halftime adjustments? You got to assume that that's Belichick because that's what the dude does. (laughs) And Nagy's still a rookie coach. But last week, the halftime adjustments were great. Yeah. Um, well, let's hope for a Bears W tomorrow. Not going to be easy with Belichick, Brady, yeah. and the Pats in town. we got to take another break here on the 312. When we come back, we're going to be checking in on our Chicago Bulls, who have their home opener tonight. More 312 on fifty ninety WCGO right after
0: this. Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks—your favorite teams. Their dumb opinions, and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears. Welcome back
1: into the three-one-two Chicago's best sports talk. Here at AM 590 WCGO in Evanston, I'm your host, Matt Peck. Sean Sears, my co-host, is with me. And we uh, we got to talk some Bulls basketball now, Sean. Oh, yeah. Hoops is back. Only the Bulls. On repeat. Only the Bulls. Duh, duh. <laughs> Who can set the court on fire? Who Only
0: can the
1: turn buttons. the ball over all the time? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Jabari Parker.
1: Uh, yeah. So, woof. The Bulls season opener in Philly against the process. Okay, let's let's talk fun stuff before we have to talk bad stuff. Okay. Deal. That first quarter. Real good. If you turned the Bulls <laughs> game off after the first quarter, you would have said, "Wow, this Bulls team is going to be fun and maybe not terrible this season." Well, 41 points in that first quarter. Did you see the stat? It's a franchise record. Is it really? most points in a season opening game first quarter. Okay.
2: That sounds like a uh, Tim Kirchner stat, but Yeah, go ahead. right?
1: <laughs> 41 points poured in. They shot like 70% from the field. Yeah. So did the Sixers. There was yeah, not I was a whole gonna lot say, of defense it was, being played. It uh, was still pretty tight, but... <laughs> I mean, and it was mostly the guys that we were impressed with the most in preseason, right? It yeah. was Zach Levine getting looks all over the floor, being the ball dominant player, especially with Chris Dunn out and Campaign tripping over himself, mm-hmm. and Bobby Portis. Bobby
2: Portis double double,
1: and, and like he he had most of that double double at halftime. Like, yeah, um, eighteen points and I think seven rebounds at halftime. Um, and Bobby looked great working from the block last night or on Thursday
2: night. Did he you did. notice that? Like really smooth, Bobby.
1: Put work in this off and his post game is so much more developed than it was even last year.
2: Yeah, that one hundred percent. I mean, where the Bears or Bears, the Bulls kind of fall fall apart a little bit was, uh, I mean, clearly the second quarter, but also just like it was that second unit. It came in after those starters, and it just nothing happened. A lot of like standing around, the motions weren't there. On no shooters. Errors. Bad. Yeah.
1: Okay. And guess what? So I, all right. Well, so we got the fun part out of the way. The I'm first sorry. Quarter was
2: great. <laughs> Did I, I jump through that already? No, no it's fine.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Cause really that's all the takeaway was the first quarter was we scored a lot of points. Most of it was Zach and Bobby. We, this is fun.
2: Yeah. Enter
1: second quarter, enter second unit. Jabari's taken long, bad contested two pointers. The offense slows down Yeah. and there are just head scratching decisions being made all over the place. Careless with the basketball. Nobody's really getting good looks. And, and just uh, piss poor defense. And, you know, piss poor defense <laughs> simultaneously. like I, I've been preaching that all se- all summer long. Yeah. This team is going to be so bad defensively that they're going to win some nights where they manage to score more than their opponent who was also not playing defense. Mm-hmm. That's how the Bulls will get their wins this season. But when they stall offensively, when they sputter and just, you know, have a few trips down the floor where somebody takes a, a long two that clanks off the rim and then boom, the other team's going the other way. This bull team has no transition defense. There was, you know, and some of this was, they really missed Chris Dunn last night. Mm-hmm. He is the point guard on both ends of the floor, but especially the leader of that defense. Nobody was contesting around the perimeter.
2: Robert Covington
1: was wide open all night. Yeah. Like, wide open. Like, after one he knocked down in the third quarter, he actually just walked back to the bench with a big smirk on his face. Like, I can't believe these guys are leaving me up. And the Sixers weren't even that efficient from three-point
2: range. No. They were
1: 12 of 36. That's just 33%. This like The Bulls could have easily given up 150 in their first game. So, the point being, when the offense falters... It's a ten nothing run. It's a fifteen nothing run in the blink of an eye, and all of a sudden the Bulls went mm-hmm. from being neck and neck, uh, you know, up by a couple, down by a couple, to oh god, I you know here we go, we're going to a commercial break, timeout. Here's the score, but oh god, the Bulls are down twenty five. Yeah, like it happened in the blink of an eye. Because it's crazy. Because oh god, that defense.
2: Well, there was that one play. I think it was uh, it was I think it was Danny Zetterman from uh ESPN one thousand pointed. I know it was Chris Black uh, pointed it out. There was this one play where. Um, Covington wide open like you're talking about, and it's Antonio Blakeney trying to cover a guy in the corner and Covington, and he's literally just like as wide as he can be, like putting hands in both faces as he can. And you see Jabari trounce in just the last second to get this rebound that doesn't exist because Covington nailed the three. Right,
1: yeah. Or did you also see Parker getting out-hustled and uh, tiny little Markel Fultz? Yeah. Just, like, snaked around Jabari and got an offensive rebound and a putback. Yeah. I'm like, Jabari, wh- where, where, where is your brain right now, man? Where I've, Where
2: are you? There's been nothing Jabari's done this season, off preseason or whatever that's been impressive to me. Like, I've seen a couple dunks, some transition plays where he's got a good pass in. It's like, sure, that's great, but, like, first off, you're the wing. Like, why are you making that entry pass? Like, why, like well, something went wrong if you're the fourth option putting that ball in. Guess like,
1: what? Well, we know that Jabari can't play the wing. Fred Fred Hoiberg figured it out probably on their first practice. Yeah. Because marketing's hurt and uh Bobby I mean, Bobby's a starter. Like Bobby's a starter because he earned that and because Jabari has looked bad.
2: I mean, what do you do now? Once like I mean once once marketing comes back, I mean what do you do now? Do you slide one of them to the center and keep marketing and you Portis got, together? You
1: gotta think about the prospect of playing Bobby at the five. Yeah. Um, you know, filling in for, for Wendell. Because I don't think he can basic, play Lori there. And basically just Rolo sits. Like, Rolo doesn't play. Rolo gets bumped out of the rotation. Yeah. Bobby at the five defensively is a big concern to me. Yeah. um, Like, the guy tries, but I still think he doesn't have what He's it not takes. a rim protector. He's not a sure. rim protector. Um, But, I mean, like, th- there are no other options.
2: What, like, can't oh, start Wendell When yet. marketing
1: comes back, is this the time when we actually try the Jabari at the three experiment? No, Fred's not going to do that. Fred figured it out that it's not going to work.
2: Yeah, Jabari, Jabari
1: can't play the three.
2: He's not Fred's there.
1: not going to do that because he's going to make himself look stupid. Yeah. He's like, hey, sorry, bosses. You're the idiots who brought him here and said he can play the three. Guess what? He can't. I'm not going to make a fool of myself trying to appease you right. and this guy that you signed here for $20 million so you can put some butts in the seats of the United Center. Dude, when did, not uh, my problem, your problem.
2: When did Fred decide to uh, to sack up here, man? Right? Dude, I love it. I love <laughs> this new version of
1: the mayor. This is not Oakley Doakley Ned Flanders' Fred Hoiberg. This yeah. is... Really, guys, this is you're going to put me in this situation? Fine. I'm going to put the best starting five out there that I have on my roster. We got that
2: on tape, right? Everyone sees Matt, Matt Pack. <laughs> I gave
1: some credit to Fred Hoiberg. Saying nice
2: things about Fred Hoiberg, hey, my man.
1: If you earn it, I'll <laughs> give you a compliment. Fred Hoiberg deserves yeah. credit for his decision so far this season and to have the stones to say Jabari's not a starter.
2: He hasn't hasn't proved anything. He hasn't. He came, like you talked about, he came into this offseason, or he came into preseason out of shape. Still not in shape. So out of shape. Still not in shape. And, like, for a guy who's
1: getting grilled already about his defense. (laughs) Right. He was caught on tape just lollygagging through a field of The most lackadaisical thing going through the so many easy transition buckets for the Sixers last night. Like, dude, are you that... Out to space that you don't see what you're doing right now because what you're doing is not hustling on defense. Yeah, getting out, you know, out hustled on the boards. Not running back, playing transition defense when your other four guys, they're they're chaotically disorganized, but at least they're at least they're running. At least they're running. Jabari barely jogging barely
2: jogging back on defense. There's and no like... reason for it, man. And some people will say, well,
1: actually like, you know, he had a slow start. He missed a couple of long twos that were probably not great shots, but right. you know, he bounced back and had a good game. Look, you know, he put up 15 points, seven to 16. That's not terrible. Guess what? All of that came in junk time. Yeah. The bulls were already toast, dead in the water, down 20. The Sixers put in their towel guy and let him play <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And Jabari got. You know Jabari was the beneficiary of Archie Diakano making some crafty passes, and Jabari got like three or four dunks in the fourth quarter. Yeah, where he had to do nothing but stand there, get the ball, and dunk it. I'm sorry, I'm giving Jabari zero credit for anything he did on Thursday night.
2: No, zero. It wasn't good. Speaking of Archie Diakano, though, um, a lot of people kind of Archie t- D. Di- what? Yeah, I said his <laughs> name wrong. Archie Diakano. Uh, Thank you. Diakono. Diakono. Thank you. Too many vowels, man. Um, Archie Diakano. You will get there. Anyways, Archie. Um, <laughs> Archie. Just call him Archie. Just his name's Ryan. Um, but uh, he had a pretty solid game. I mean, solid in quotes and garbage time. We've got campaign probably starting tonight with Chris Dunn likely out again. Um, Masatov on the baby boy. Yeah, right. Congrats, Chris. Picked the right time. Oh, God, please come back. Yeah, for the love of God. Um, <laughs> so we've got campaign going out there again. Tyler Eulis is a guy that got I think like 49 seconds or something like that in this game. Yeah, he he feels like minute. he feels like the guy that at some point could be the backup. At
1: least an experiment, right? Right. Right, you know, our buddy uh Kendall Gill over at uh, NBC Sports <laughs> Yeah, he Chicago, put the lid on it. <laughs> immediately on Bulls post came live said the campaign experiment is over. <laughs> yeah. O V E R over. Look, Cam is clearly not a starting point guard in this league. No. But the question has been, is he even decent enough Halfway decent. He to should be, be a backup taking a bench guard. spot
2: at this point, man. Like, I mean, I, he and he himself even said uh, earlier today, kind of made comments saying, like, you know, like, I, I do read into the criticism. It's hard to miss it, but I know, you know, like, I, I haven't executed. I haven't played the way I need to and was expected to. Um, I mean, this was a guy the Bulls, like, when they dra- or traded for him, it was like, well, he could, we think he could be a point guard of the future type of like, we're going to lip service this to all hack. Yeah. Type of move by the way, I'm, we, yeah, <laughs> was Gar, yeah.
1: I've what I've heard is that Paxson hates campaign.
2: I mean, Paxson is not a dumb person,
1: Paxson's not an idiot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And clearly, Fred's not impressed.
2: No. I mean, uh, clearly, and you got to like, it sounds like campaign is very aware of the situation. Yeah. So, like, good for him for acknowledging it. But at the same time, I mean, like, this guy is, is not going to cut it. He has no shooting. He has, like, s- he tries on defense, which I guess is something more you can say for some of the other guards for sure. the Bulls. But I mean, beyond and, and that.
1: Like, let's be honest Blakeney, which is another one of Fred's backcourt options on the bench, he's a, you know, he's a microwave yeah. scorer off the bench. But Blakeney plays no defense. No. None. He he got just embarrassed on a handful of plays He's last just uh, quick on Thursday and night.
2: Lengthy, and that's it. He will
1: shoot every time he gets the ball. Yes. And sometimes he'll score. But oh my God, the defense is so bad. Like you said, yeah. like at least campaign puts some effort in on the defensive end. Uh, but at this point, why not give Tyler Eulis some run? Yeah. Like, can he be worse than campaign? I suppose it's possible but he, like he at least has upside at least like the dude got invited to camp with the warriors Did, yeah didn't make their final squad i don't think many people expected him to but he also played a a fair amount of games last season with yeah Phoenix.
2: Like, and he was like relatively okay i mean everyone kind of blew worst. up after that one shot he hit for the game winner like, right you know, whatever it was but yeah. i mean he wasn't fantastic but i mean like you know i mean he's he's at least a player that you've seen on a big level, at least in college basketball, do successful things. Who's
1: interesting enough yeah. to give
2: him some run
1: as an experiment because the other experiment yeah. has not gone Campaign's well. Campaign's
2: not great. Archie Diacono is not going to beat C.S. I said it right. um, hey. I know how to say it. I just couldn't. Um, <laughs> he's, he's clearly not the option. I mean, you know, you're talking about so, a backup point guard, but.
1: Uh, and, you know, Fred said that he was going to look at his starting five and maybe make a change at starting point guard. Right. No word yet as far as tonight against Detroit, but we might see Archie Diacono starting campaign on the bench. We'll see. I'm
2: honestly very okay with the fluid starting uh, lineup. I don't think you need yeah. to set anything in stone. Why not? Outside of, of maybe Levine and Portis. Nobody's
1: really proven anything except Levine and Portis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Any shot the Bulls win tonight against Detroit? No. Blake and Drummond, that's a nasty front court. Bulls can't play any defense. They might be toast.
2: rim's going to be rocked.
1: <laughs> that's for sure.
2: One more time out
1: here on the 312. We come back leading you to the 3 o'clock hour. We'll check in on our beloved Blackhawks, who got a very important piece of their defense back earlier this week. You're listening to the 312 on AM5090 WCGO. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, your favorite teams, their dumb opinions, and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: Welcome back into the three one two Chicago's best sports talk. Coming to you live from from AM fifty ninety WCGO. And hey, guess what, Evanston? It's a victory Saturday. While we were on break,
2: go Cats! It gets
1: final. Northwestern beats Rutgers eighteen to fifteen. The final as the Cats put up eleven unanswered points in the second half. Isaiah Bowser five yard touchdown run, and Clayton Thorson threw a two point conversion pass to Flynn Nagel. The Cats win 18-15 over Rutgers to get to 4-3 and three on the season. Go Cats.
2: Go Cats. Go One Cats. One more way from bowl game. Man,
1: if, if they had pulled off that game against Michigan, right. this might actually be like a team that people would pay attention to on the national scale. Really? One of those sneaky, like, maybe they get a 24, a 25. Like, yeah. I, I think this Northwestern team comes up to a bit, a bit short in that regard, but man, like, you know they beat Sparty a few weeks back when they yeah. were a ranked team. If they had beaten Michigan the week before that and then beat Sparty back to back, would have turned some heads, man. Uh, I agree. But hey, nonetheless, uh, you know a Cats W Saturday is a Cats W Saturday. So
2: it's always a fun Saturday when that happens. You
1: know, even if the even if the Bulls pooped to bed tonight in their home opener, yeah, we, we got some kind of positive we're mojo going on it here, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blackhawks also in action tonight, by yeah. the way. So uh, let's let's check in on them for a while. Before we hit the three o'clock hour, got to get out of here. We have uh, Hawks Blue Jackets tonight. A few different interesting storylines. First and foremost, Corey Crawford made his return in their loss to the Coyotes on Thursday. Right. Huge sigh of relief. Based on what we were hearing early in the season and during training camp and like, yeah, he's skating, but he's just kind of gingerly skating. He's not actually taking a lot of pucks and action. Yeah. And like some of the quotes he gave to the media about how he was feeling about those concussions. I was like, this is, this has bad written all over it. Right. I was thinking we might be without him for months. I mean,
2: concussions are so weird. Uh, uh, I worked for the Iowa State hockey team when I was in college, and we had a kid that had lied to us in saying how many concussions he had. He had close to seven concussions, and all it took from him was to take a puck awkwardly off the mask in a, like, warm-up skate, and he didn't play for us again. Oh, like And that was, like, two months into the season. So, like, concussions, particularly in hockey, are just so weird because people don't always realize, too, like, yeah, it sucks when you get hit, But when you hit the ice, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah, it's solid chunk of ice. They are not skating on pillows. Yeah, like (laughs) people don't necessarily think about how hard it is. I mean, it sucks the initial hit. When it sucks more is when you've got like spaces between the boards, or your head hits the ice. Like it's just a brutal punishing score.
1: Kind of like you know football players, they take the hit from the player, and then they crack their head on on the turf. And it's a double whammy. Grass isn't
2: much softer. But, I mean, when you talk about some ice, it's brutal. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's bad. Crawford, on the other hand, though, looked
1: pretty okay. He, he looked, he, like, he made a couple of big saves, including was, some breakaways. Yeah. When the, when the Hawks were still, like, clinging to being in this game.
2: 900 save percentage. I think 27 out of 30. Looked okay. Gave the Hawks a chance to win, at least. Right.
1: And that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which as i said based on how concerned we were and how much of a, a question mark he was right it was at least nice to, nice to see him between the pipes again and looking like he was okay right Hopefully he looked like he, Crawford you know he get some w's under his belt build some confidence and mm. be and can get back to being the guy that is a guy worth the contract that he's on yeah. a guy who's won this team multiple cups and Nobody's expecting the Blackhawks to be cup contenders this season. Maybe they can squeak back to the playoffs if everything goes right, but that's not happening without a healthy Corey Crawford, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I know they've kind of talked about how they don't want Crawford to start like 50-plus games like he has in past. Um, That's why they have Cam Ward here. I think the Blackhawks have 13 more back-to-back games this season. So that means they're going to, you know, sprinkle in Cam Ward whenever they can Mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, But even still, that puts Crawford on track for still roughly around like 49, 50 games. Right. So we're going to see Cam Ward probably come on more often. As long as Crawford is playing effective in these games Though the Blackhawks, I mean, they've shown, I mean, through these first five, six games of the season, they're at least competitive. I yeah. don't know how great they're going to be, well, but they're going to hang around in most games. And it's getings. been really entertaining
1: because we've gotten five overt- overtime yeah. games already. Um, the other interesting part of tonight's game is uh, in Columbus playing the Blue Jackets. We're going to get a little Artemi Panarin. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Return Blast from the, the past, Brad. who we sent to Columbus to get back Brandon Sod, a guy who was on some cups, uh, some cup-winning Hawks teams. Yeah, when when the when the Hawks decided that they didn't want to shell out a huge contract for Panarin. I understood just because the team is so strapped and that NHL salary cap is so hard. Um, it's tough, But, man. man, do I miss Kane and Panarin on the same line. And Brandon Saad has been such a disappointment so far, Sean.
2: He's been bad. And especially when you look at Panarin, who's, like, legitimately made himself into an He's NHL a superstar. superstar. He's a superstar. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, no one thought Brandon Saad was going to be able to replace the offensive production from Panarin. Like, that was never the case. But they thought at least Saad was going to be a productive player.
1: Well, and, you know. Brandon Stott, it's not like he's over the hill.
2: Nah, the he's guys, like 26. The guy's still
1: 25. Yeah. And, you know, has some all-star seasons on his resume and came up huge for the Hawks when the yeah. Hawks were the best team in the league. He And, like, you know, he's playing – he's getting less ice time than, than the cat.
2: It's crazy, man. Who's I actually
1: mean, been – been clutch for the Hawks so far. I
2: honestly thought, like, what is it, three four years ago when Sad was like really starting to get, get into his own in his second season with the Hawks, there was that power play line. It was like him, Taves, Kane, Duncan Keith, and like Patrick Sharp on yeah. there. And it was or like maybe Hosa sometimes. Yeah, Hosa sometimes too. Like, it was like the most deadly Unbeatable. power play I've ever seen because Sad's so, so like he's so physical, but he's also very technically sound, super athletic. We have not seen that from Brandon side. He's kind of just been a bruiser that has, like, some offensive ability. But mm-hmm. it's like he's kind of almost just trying to screen and net. He's not doing much with the puck when he is. It seems like he's overplaying or thinking too much. It's right. just like, you know, you've got two superstar, you know, perennial all-star superstar guys in Kane and Taves on either time of your line. Like, you're playing with one of those guys at some point because you're Brandon side. You need to be a top two forward. Right. Um let those guys make the plays and you just be the guy you were three years ago and execute. Is that too much to ask? I don't know, man. Come I mean, it's just now. like, just be, just, just, I don't know, like know your role, take your shots, be successful in those moments. I I know I'm asking just being so broad and general right, here, yeah. <laughs> but I mean like we saw Brandon Saad be exactly that, just like second fiddle to a guy like Taves and Kane. And right. it's not, I mean, we're seeing a great season out of Taves so far. Kane's look like Patrick Kane. I mean, it's just uh, you hope he turns around, but I mean, it's gonna it's brutal to look across the ice tonight and see Panarin turn into a legitimate. It's – Yeah, guy. It's,
1: it's gonna maybe make me feel a little salty and maybe cry a little yeah. bit. Yeah, man. Do you also
2: see that that tribute they gave to Joel Yeah, I did. That was, that was tough when he started you know, tearing of people up. People I miss
1: terribly. Yeah, right. Oh.
2: Yeah, this defense is is bad. This
1: Blackhawks-Blue line. And speaking of which, there's another update for tonight's game. Uh, Defenseman Brandon Davidson expected to make his regular season debut for the Hawks Mm. uh, in their third pairing with Ruda. A name Uh, I definitely know. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? (laughs) He's replacing uh, Brandon Manning. So um, outside of Duncan Keith still leading this team in uh, ATO, time Mm -hmm. on ice minutes, uh, at, uh, where is he, 23, 24 minutes, essentially. (laughs) 24 minutes for Duncan Keith so far. That seems like aim. a lot. <laughs> Gosh, that guy. I mean, it seemed like last season at times, Duncan Keith was finally starting to show signs of age. Hey, uh, he's still out there. Yeah. Iron uh, Man. Iron Man. Hawks, puck drop at six. Bulls tip off at seven. Bears kickoff tomorrow at noon. We are out. Thanks for listening to the 312. Same time, same place next week. For our producer, Ben, for my co-host, Sean Sears, Matt Peck, and thanks so much for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. We're out. Yeah. <laughs>